Tank Streamlabs. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Tankstream Speaks. Today, we are joined by the co-founder of Fundable, Ethan Singer. Ethan, welcome to the show. Awesome to be here. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. Ethan, quick question, which I guess everyone who's listening wants to know is, your name, Ethan Singer, can you sing? I wish. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> wish. No, I'm definitely putting my energies into better things than singing, that's for sure. Okay, we won't ask you for a little rendition at the end then. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we love your product here at Tankstream Labs. I mean, I'm, I'm a customer, and I think it's great that you are here to talk about Thunderball because I'm sure there's many valuable ways that you can help startups, especially in this current economic climate. Give us an overview as to Thunderball, what the company does, and maybe a bit of background to yourself as well. Yeah, so effectively we offer quick non-dilutive capital to startups, scale-ups, and SMEs. We offer this in a facility-like format. So a client will provide their onboarding information, which is a three to five minute process, and effectively we'll offer them a facility that they can draw down as they need. And ideally that facility grows as the business grows. I'd say there's three main use cases to our capital. Um, general growth acceleration initiatives, whether that's to being able to bolster development or product or marketing or any growth acceleration need, you can obviously attest to that. Can indeed, yes. Runway extension, and that's quite prevalent at the moment. Um, and as a either a bridge or a complementary adjunct to a capital raise. Our typical sort of deal size is around 250k to a million. Um, and we've onboarded clients from um, bootstrapped to well-established, profitable businesses. And is there any particular industry focus or do you cover all different type of industries? Yeah, so we're effectively sector agnostic. We've supported businesses in SaaS, tech-enabled businesses, professional services, marketing, recruitment, education, advertising, agriculture. It, it really does vary in terms of the, the various businesses that we support. There's lots of funding businesses out there, but this is a real niche and I, I see there a real requirement for it, in, especially in the space we mm. deal with in, in technology mm. companies where there's a lot of SaaS businesses, you know, recurring model or revenue models. How did you come up with the idea? I previously worked at a, an investment fund and I'll never, I'll never forget one Tuesday, Arvo, two founders coming to our offices looking to raise what was a significant amount of capital, but they were looking to dilute, I, think, I can't quite remember if it was 40 or at least 45% of their business at such a nascent stage. And I thought to myself, unfortunately, this business, they're not profitable. They're not going to be able to get bank debt. Um, they don't quite fit the revenue-based financing model. They haven't quite hit that venture debt uh, model space. So it was kind of the, the all equity model or else close up shop, which obviously wouldn't be great. <laughs> um, so they didn't really have any options. And I thought if only this business was able to get rewarded for the traction that they're currently seen in the market. They don't quite hit the growth trajectory that typical VC are looking for, which might be around that 10 to 20x sort of um, revenue growth. Um, so who else out there can cater to these sort of businesses? I thought there had to be a, a founder-friendly funding option for businesses that don't quite yet want to dilute or dilute as much or dilute yet. <laughs> the second was I've got a personal investment in a software business and unfortunately they underwent a capital raise sooner than they had budgeted for. And it wasn't so much that they couldn't control their cash burn, but rather that they had to scale product development in order to take on some very large contracts, which obviously changed their cash burn position. So I thought, what if this business was able to bring forward some of their future revenues extend out their runway, allow themselves to grow revenues, attract a greater valuation. Everyone gets less diluted and everyone will be quite happy. So I'd say there were the two main inspirations for a more founder-friendly funding solution to being able to support businesses along their journey um, quickly and transparently and without dilution. You know, a lot of businesses do start from a pain point or a problem that they've seen. 
And that's a really good point that you raise around funding because in the tech startup space that we work in, everyone thinks equity funding. When in fact, there could be better ways to raise some capital or, or some funding into the business rather than giving away the example you highlight, they're 40% of your business. We definitely don't compete with equity. We definitely position ourselves as a complementary or an adjunct to an equity raise. And we work very closely with VCs actually as a great source of deal flow for us in order to help their portfolio companies maybe to bridge funding rounds or to hit milestones to then hopefully attract greater valuations when they do look to raise or to not dilute as much alongside the VC. So we work very closely with them. And obviously we love introducing our clients to VCs because that enhances our credit and improves our own credit from an underwriting perspective if they can get back by a strong VC. There's a lot of benefit and knowledge from equity funding that you can gain for your business that can open many doors. I definitely agree that equity is, is a great way to go, but there's also other options for businesses to fund rather than necessarily always go to equity. And that's probably the one thing that founders are asking me, and I don't think they're Generally, founders aren't naturally skilled capital allocators. Um, so I think it's most important that founders are aware of the various alternative funding options available to them. I'd say the, the alternative space is nascent and definitely underpenetrated to other parts of the world in Australia. So it's just familiarizing yourselves with the various options out there to be able to help businesses at certain stages of their growth to achieve their business goals is very important. Yeah. You mentioned there about questions that your clients do ask you. What would you say is probably the most frequently asked question you get from, from clients or prospective <laughs> clients? Um, how much capital can they get? <laughs> I don't think I asked you that question. <laughs> um, it would probably be around how do we see ourselves or what are the main differentiations between us and other capital providers, specifically sort of venture debt guys. So our model is incredibly simple. Effectively, it is paid back in level payments over a up to 12 month period of time. So unlike to venture debt and other revenue-based finances where your monthly payments will fluctuate based on how your revenues are tracking. Whereas with us, it's fixed monthly payments over the 12 month period of time. The term of our advance is also short term. So businesses can incrementally draw down as they need. Whereas with venture debt or revenue-based finances, it's over two to three year timeframe. And there's obviously no dilution as well. And some sort of arrangements are, uh, there might be penny warrants or other elements in there and potentially also full business security and personal guarantee. So our model is very simple. It's just equal monthly payments over the term. There's no other hidden fees or goodies attached to that. And what question would you think potential customers should be asking you if they want to use your service? With any debt provider, there's two main questions that customers should at least have in the back of their head. One is the term of the debt. So understanding how long they need the debt out for. Do they just need it for a short period of time? Do they want to have a debt arrangement with a two, three-year provision? Um, but probably the, the most important question to be asking themselves is around the cost of capital. Because obviously with debt, you need to service the debt. So it's, it's all around the serviceability of the debt and being able to ensure that for each incremental dollar that a business brings on, that they're able to put it to greater and value use. So for us, the, the main question we're, we're looking at when we do provide capital to businesses are, can they use our capital for value accretive purposes? And will they be able to pay us back? Very wise. Given the current economic climate, inflation rates, uncertainty in the job market and increased interest rates, there must be more of an appetite potentially you're experiencing for debt funding through, through customers. What would you say the outlook is in terms of, you know, the next year, given all this uncertainty and, and how are you positioning the business of Fundable to maybe be able to assist businesses over a challenging 12 months ahead? 
It's a great question, Brad. So I'd say there's definitely no secret that the, the pace of funding has slowed and it's definitely a much steeper climb to close. And we've, we're obviously at the coalface of all of that. So we were speaking to other capital providers and seeing what they're currently seeing in the markets. So in 2023, I think it's particularly important for founders to be aware of the various funding options available to them outside of equity. I think from a equity capital allocation perspective, it might be challenging. It's definitely no secret that the pace of funding has slowed. It's a much steeper climb to close, particularly for those businesses that aren't already tied to other venture capital firms and looking for follow-on investments. Well, funding, I'm a listener listening to this this episode with you, and I'm looking for potential short-term funding options. Why would I consider Fundable? Right. So I'd say there's two main benefits of our capital. One is the speed at which we can deploy capital. So we've built out our own proprietary software to be able to quickly underwrite our clients and give them a quick series to the capital that we can make available to them to be able to support. And particularly for those businesses where they're able to know exactly where each incremental dollar can create greater value, that's very powerful if they can get more capital on hand to be able to allocate that. Um, and then the second thing is the flexibility of our offering. So as you know, we make a facility available to businesses. Ideally, that continues to grow as a business grows and we can be a capital partner throughout their growth journeys. Obviously, no dilution as well, which is particularly pertinent at the moment with current valuations and you want to hold on to your equity for dear life as well. So you, you see it as a, uh, a partner for that growth stage, not just purely a, a one-off ad hoc transactional relationship. Absolutely. We're definitely not excited about a sort of transactional based relationship. How our model really works most effectively or at least efficiently is we hope that we can grow with our clients throughout their growth journey and be that capital partner throughout their various needs. Okay. So how do I find out more about Fundable? At our website, fundable.com, or you can reach out to me personally, Ethan at fundable.com. Well, Ethan, thanks for joining us today. It's been great learning more about Fundable. I think the product is ideal for the technology startup sector. Thank you for your time. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Thanks, Dreamlabs. Ample. Hee hee. Is this thing on? Yeah, that's on. Don't have to.